It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What is up, listeners? Chris Manning here. That's Evan Damerel. We are here to talk about All-Star Weekend. Later in the show, we'll take your questions, but we have a lot to talk about here live on YouTube. If you're listening to us, hanging out in real time, drop those questions in the chat. We'll get to them later, but we have a lot to talk about before we get there. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Evan, we're here on Monday, the day after All-Star Weekend has come and gone. We made it. We survived. It was a ton of fun. Uh, buddy, I just want to let's just dive into it. On today's show, we are going to talk about All-Star Weekend. We're going to go through our favorite moments of the weekend. We're going to talk about some of the other changes to All-Star Weekend that we saw and kind of talk about them and how they looked in person because we were there for all of it. We're going to talk about that guy named LeBron James, some guy named LeBron James. And later in the show, again, we'll take your questions in the second half, that second half an hour of this episode. But Evan, let's just start with what was your favorite part? What was it, What was for you the highlight of All-Star Weekend? Um, sharing the same building with Adele was pretty much a highlight for me. Getting to sit next to you and Robbie and Martin and... William D. Filippo himself, as well as Justin Rowan and Carter Rodriguez and Marissa McNeese was pretty cool, too. Um, we had a nice little squad up in uh, Section 69, the nicest section of the press box, in my opinion. But uh, I, I really couldn't tell you exactly what was my favorite. I, mean, I think, obviously, like Steph going nuclear and LeBron hitting the fader to win the game is really cool i think it's an all-time all-star game just in general just because of how some of the theatrics and showmanship just between those two in general and then like joel mb just being an absolute monster on the um team durant side of things and just it was a fun game in the end but wire to wire like i had fun i'm still exhausted um my battery's still recharging a little bit um you asked for my thoughts on Jackass Forever. We'll talk about that in a bit, maybe. But yeah, if we have to, we get a question it, it about was, it. It's not that yeah. it seems like an off-air, off-air topic. If I'm, if I'm being honest, just I'm being, I'm being censored by a uh, big media, Chris uh-huh. Manning over here, folks. We're fighting an info cavalier war, but I, I just had fun in general. I think seeing our arguably hometown area get to host such an event of that magnitude i'm interested to see the financial impact report because i'm hoping 100 million hit the city of cleveland because it could really use it but it definitely felt like the town was electric the whole weekend it felt like it was more alive even though it was sub freezing for the better part of it and windier than windy could be and i just it, it was fun I would not trade any of this in the world. I, I do not envy the folks on the Cavaliers side of things, whether it's Jimmy Long with photography or the folks in the PR team. They have to be absolutely more exhausted than I ever could be today. 
and um, they got to gear up and get ready to head to Detroit on Thursday. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. But what about you? What was what, what was your memorable or favorite part? So I I think I I just go with the honoring of the 75th anniversary team because we don't get to talk a lot about the sh- about NBA history and, and basketball history on the show because it's just not really the nature of what we do. We are in the now we are focused on this current iteration of the Cavs even in the offseason we spent a ton of times on transactions and hypothetical moves like we did the book club but like some of the book club and looking backs that we've done was sort of because of the pandemic and like just needing to fill shows and like we, we navigated a lot here right sports history is also something that I don't get to spend um, as much time on as I'd like because it's just it's just it's one of those things where I'm reading I'll maybe make up a novel I'll, I'll read for some reason, like I sometimes just overlook that that interest for me. But seeing all these legends recognized, some that I knew, some that I did not, makes me want to do that more. It kind of reignites that fire to like look back at the history of some of these guys and understand them. Um, and look, how many times Evan? I don't think in our lives again. You know, we were not there. I I don't think you were there in '97. I was four years old. You were four years old. Like I don't think we were there. Or, like aware of what's going on at the all-star game in 97 but like this is a a not everyone's there some have some legends have passed away some decided not to come we rarely see this many of the greatest players of all time in the same place all at once it is so rare that you get to see that and you get to see the interactions you get to see like the the kg and paul pierce reacting to real and um dabbing up lebron is like a, a hilarious thing that that we saw and happened like rodman like the pop we saw for the late great Kobe Bryant, like MJ making his entrance was really, really cool. This was all to me mm-hmm. just like, I think kind of crystallized what I love about All-Star Weekend is that like, and I, and I think it hit me more just being there and getting to see it in the city and getting to see what this is all about. This is a celebration of the league. This is a celebration of the players that make yeah. the league go. And when basketball in the NBA gets out of its way and is like, we have the best basketball players in the freaking world and basketball is good. It becomes this beautiful thing, and I, for one, really, really enjoyed it. Have you seen the picture? Um, I, I really enjoyed the 75th anniversary, just presentation as well. There's something really tasteful and enjoyable about it. But did you see the picture of Dwayne Wade, Ray Allen, Carmelo, uh, LeBron, Chris Paul, <laughs> Steph Curry, and Dennis Rodman in one shot? Yeah. And then Michael Jordan and a bunch of and Shaq and a bunch of the older guys in another shot. Like there is something cool about that that the NBA is able to have all of those key figures throughout the history or family members of those key figures as well. Because like Vanessa Bryant was there for Kobe, and um, George Mikan's son was there, and just a plenty of other key figures in this league. There are some questionable picks, of course. I'm sure people can squabble and rabble about like Damian Lillard or Anthony Davis maybe being there a little bit too early but they are significant players and um while we were waiting for people to roll out Marissa McNeese and I were talking about it and just like who do we consider the GOAT and I said if you had a gun to my head I'd say LeBron but I think after Kobe died I don't really like to have that conversation anymore. I just like, I mean, or the answer is Tom Brady, but I, I just appreciate greatness as is. And the fact that I'm so spoiled as a sports fan really puts into perspective sometimes that I get to watch so many talented players on a night to night basis. And I think that ceremony really put things in perspective that, at least in my lifetime, there are so many players on that stage that I've seen either like in my early years, my adolescent years, and like some of my formative adult years as well. Like, it's just crazy to think about 
that and that the NBA did a really good job just kind of commemorating. And um, I'm also laughing at how Tiffany Haddish really just said big men with her full chest. And that just made me laugh really hard in the press box. But, um, you know, man, they didn't even expect us or say we could be at All-Star Weekend. But here we were having a good time and being a part of history. Yeah, the other the other thing I would say, it's a much smaller thing in the grand scheme of things. Um, I It's perhaps the most exposed I've ever felt in a media environment in my entire life. Um, and this will lead into, let's talk about Rising Stars in the next segment. But during Rising Stars, there's a video that they put up. I don't know if you remember this. I think I was sitting down a row with, with Carter and Justin, our, our friends from the Chase Down, and they put the video on the board where uh, Mobley and Okoro were playing a game. And Mobley, Okoro is having to describe words and give hints to Mobley to have him guess the words. So the word is mm-hmm. cut, and Okoro, so Okoro has to get Mobley to guess the word cut. His response, and to paraphrase, his, his clue to paraphrase it because I didn't like transcribe it in the moment, and I didn't like realize like what would be happening here until after it happens. He says to paraphrase, "quote Coach yells at me for not doing this when I'm in the corner." And how quickly Justin and Carter just start hampering me, looking at me, being like, "Chris, you've been blaming JB for Isaac just standing in the corner." Isaac's taking the blame a little bit here, and I felt very exposed in that moment um, as as someone who was just, like, dying for some cuts, you know? But uh, it was fun. I, I, I The whole weekend was Chris, just cool. Uh, Chris, I will say a lion like yourself should not concern yourself with the opinion issue. Nah, we're all we're so. all lions. We're all just we're all just hanging. We were at the fun table. It was it was it was good times. All right, after the break, we're gonna get into the format changes of All Star Weekend because there was a lot of them, and I think they're kind of worth discussing. And I think we saw them in person, so I would like to talk about them. But first, gotta tell everyone about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar, Evan, is helping us stick with our New Year's resolution because, frankly, we all give up on them at a certain point, but not this year, and that's because of Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution either because I'm actually enjoying eating Built Bars. Built Bars are the low-calorie, high-protein protein bar covered in 100% chocolate that includes their great puffs. Just replace your candy bars with these. They are better. A typical candy bar has anywhere from two to 300 calories. Built Bars have... 134 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein in most cases. You can't really beat that. Great flavors like mint brownie, coconut almond, and for and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. There are all they are all delicious with new flavors coming out all the time. And if they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and it will be good for you. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. At Built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, we are back. Locked On Cavs. If you're just joining us, I'm Chris. That's Evan. We are the Locked On Cavs Podcast. We're going to talk about All-Star Weekend later in the show. We already got a couple good ones below. But drop your questions in the chat here on YouTube, and we will we will get to them um, in the second half of this hour-long live stream. But, Evan, we had some changes to All-Star Real Weekend. Quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, NBA Paint is now selling Darius All Starland stuff, so get it while it's did hot. Did they? Um, did the check clear? 
No, there's no check. I have been waiting for it to go on sale, is what I'm trying to say. Okay, 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 okay. I also hope they put the Ferret um, Allen one as available, too. That was hilarious when TNT had him repaint that entire thing, but go ahead and talk. Yes, okay. So, we had some changes at All-Star Weekend, and, like, the dunk contest was really bad. I don't really know if I feel a a particular way about changing the format of of All-Star Saturday Night. The two things that I really did like, I liked the Rising Stars change with the competing the 75 like the two games to 50 and then the last one 75 they felt more competitive these guys were actually kind of trying it's not full go but is at least a little more enjoyable to watch than just them kind of like Mm -hmm. running up and down the court and and blah 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 i also like the team aspect of the skills challenge some of the rule stuff was a little goofy um like the fact that the the team the honor the kumpos just like threw thanasis to the wolves in a (laughs) three-point contest against darius garland was just like like what? What are hey, you man, doing here? Sometimes you got to save your and preserve your legacy more than uh, winning a meaningless competition. <laughs> okay, okay. That's why LeBron never did a dunk contest. Okay, whatever. So I understand what Giannis okay, did. Okay, whatever. But then like Josh Giddy just like didn't go the right way, like in dribbling around those target, like and it just like no penalties. I who had to count the pass? Like there's some things I don't know how they worked, and it was kind of silly. But I enjoyed the silly, and well, it was cool. Friend of the show, Martin Rickman did say that in Australia they go in the opposite direction of everything. It's a very so. yeah. It was, like, it was a good. It was a good joke, but. I, did you like the changes? Because I, I tend to think that they were they were successful. Yeah, I always say that in terms of All Star Saturday stuff, I do not look forward to the skills competition whatsoever. Like I, I just I think ever since I watched Kyrie Irving just kind of look bad for it when he was with the Cavs, I've just kind of tuned it out altogether. I think the three point contest is fun. I know the Cavs had a lot of participants in that, Kyrie being one of them, um, and the dunk contest. I've always been hit or miss on. I think Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine set the bar like way too high and just people's expectations. It, it reignited the interest in the dunk contest, but even then, like before those two came along, like interest in it in general was waning. But I commend the NBA for making the skills competition fun and entertaining. I, I, I don't know what you can do to change the three-point contest. It is shooting from five different spots beyond the arc. I don't think you can change much. I don't think you can use the giant windmill robot to like with cattle, if you like put cattle prods on it to like really make it like incentivizing for the players not to get hit by it. Right. Like there's not a lot you can do to change that. The dunk contest, I've mulled this over and you and I have talked about it a little bit. I think a time limit, I think if they leave the floor, it should be considered an, an, an attempt, obviously, because like I, I know Jalen Green is trying his best, and I think if he was able to pull off some of the dunks he's trying to set up, they'd be awesome. But I think giving him 13 to 15 tries to just, like, make slight adjustments on those dunk attempts just kills any and all momentum because Obi Toppin, like, made it clear, like, let's just go home. The guy who was emceeing the event, I think he was at the Sixers that night, um, was, like, trying to hype up Obi to, like, say he needs X amount of points to win the dunk contest, blah, blah, blah. And Obi just goes out there and does, like, a standard-ass dunk and wins it. And then, like, that's it. And... I don't know. Maybe you throw out, like, you notice it, especially in the All-Star game the following night. Like, when you watch, like, Giannis just, like, absolutely hammered home or LeBron, sure, the Cavs or whoever was running sound ops in the arena that night, like, added some emphasis and, like, some oomph so you could really notice, like, when they were slamming the basket or the ball and stuff. But there is something that is more emphatic about somebody dunking on someone who's trying to at least defend you. Yes, I know it's the all-star games. You're not getting a hundred percent effort until the final period, but there's something more to it than watching someone dunk in absolute space. It's not like watching, it's like watching Yiji on Lilian. If that video is available, him working out against a chair, but, um, 
the NBA needs to make some changes just to make the dunk contest more interesting. Maybe they increase the financial incentive to maybe get some more players who were, again, like no disrespect to Juan Toscano-Anderson or Cole Anthony, who the Tim Berlin's dunk is terrifying to think about the more you really break down like what could have gone wrong in that scenario um, or like any of those other guys who participated or anything like that. But like maybe find like a bigger name to throw in there too maybe release like erase the financial incentive in order to do so but it's tricky because at the same time like the nba can't scrap saturday those three events are kind of staples of things they introduced and experimented with new things it was more so at the wolstein center where they did that at which i think for the most part it was pretty successful but um yeah i i think saturday just needs some adjustments but like the changes they made um for Friday's stuff was great too. Like the Elam finish, the draft format, the smaller teams in a more condensed format. Like they made a glorified pickup game between rookies and sophomores way more entertaining. I think abandoning the world in US format really helps a lot too, just because sometimes teams can be like really scraping for the barrel to find some international players to play out there. But it was fun. I really enjoyed that format and yeah, it was just enjoyable. I think I think adding high stakes and like watching like Isaac Okoro just bust ass on both ends of the floor for an entire for like the entirety of the final game was like even more entertaining in itself and you know, just it's a cavalier thing. They were just consistently solid throughout the weekend and I think Rising Stars was a big moment for them. Yeah, it, it's I think the change just kind of will get you the best players in that game in that sense and it, it, there's a lot to be said about the dunk contest and how that could maybe theoretically get a little bit better, but um, I, I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't know if we have like easy answers to even that necessarily being fixed in a way that would be mm-hmm. acceptable or interesting to people. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of just see, I guess, where that goes. Evan, um, before we go into break and we get to, we'll talk about LeBron James uh, because we kind of have to after the break a little bit. Did, did anything that Adam Silver had to say from his media availability stand out to you as noteworthy be? Um, I think media members bitching and complaining about the lack of locker room. I don't access. want to. I, I, I just. I'm combined. I, I know, I but I just. I wasn't. I wasn't surprised by his comments. I guess I, I felt like that was just going to be a given. One because of the pandemic, but two because if I was a player, I would not want to have to like wait for a scrum of media members to be waiting outside my locker so I can just get dressed and go home. I think the way the new format's working, there could be some adjustments, but. That was just, like, his biggest comment and takeaway. Other than, like, that, like, it was more so not really about anything else. I mean, like I said in the opening segment, I'm curious what the economic impact report does say for the All-Star Weekend for Cleveland. I hope it is as positive as they're projecting. And it wasn't really about anything else other than it being the 75th anniversary of the league and celebrating the 75 greatest players in league history, so... I think it was good that 61 of the 75 were able to be there in person. Great, and a lot of them were playing in the All-Star game that night, so that does help a little bit, but that's my only, like, my biggest takeaway is just the media thing is, like, I don't really care. I, I think people just need to adapt, and I think the Zoom era sucks, but there's no end in sight to the pandemic either, so I don't really see what people are getting their, clutching their pearls about. Yeah, um... I, I I wasn't trying to be controversial. I, I have a just, I have a I don't want to talk about this. It's not, it's the I it's literally the least fun thing to talk about. I I think it matters to some degree, but I think we need to like not. I don't want to talk about this. All right, after the break, uh, we're gonna talk about LeBron James, which is 
weirdly more fun to talk about because I just don't know So, Evan, you know, though, either going to tell everyone about our friend at Bet Online. You are correct. Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props, to where the next fired coach is going to be or suspended if you're Jawan Howard, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right down to Olympic coverage and information and even Vegas casino games. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, last segment. Chris Manning, I'm Dan here for just joining us. This is Locked On Cavs live on YouTube. We're now going to talk about LeBron James. After the break, we're going to, after the segment, we're going to take a little break, pause for a second, drink some water, hydrate, and we'll come back, take your questions. We've already got a couple, so if you have some questions, we'd love to answer them. Drop them in the chat below, and we'll, again, get to them in the last part. But, Evan, so LeBron James, uh, what did, I just want to, what did, what did you make of the whole LeBron back in Cleveland Experience. What did what did you make of it all? I mean, I think it was cool. I think him really handing it up a little bit. LeBron's a corny ass dude. And at the end of the day, like that's that's who he is. And I think the corniness goes a long way with Cleveland fans because he can just kind of nostalgia is potent. It, it's a really effective thing. I think. Obviously, people want to ask him how he feels about this Lakers season. I think people are like looking at, oh, the Cavs are doing really good this year. Is LeBron going to leave, folks? He's got two years left on his contract. I think it's a little fruitless right now to like fully speculate on what the future holds for him. I think he double, even tripled down on his stance of wanting to play with Bronny or Bronald, depending on which name he goes with. But at this point, it was fun to have him back. Like arguably the greatest basketball player of my lifetime or of all time, depending on who you ask, is playing back in Northeast Ohio. And like I said, he he handed up a lot. I think him beating on his chest and roaring to the crowd during all-star intros and doing the chalk toss and doing all the little things like that and throwing some lob passes to like Jared Allen and just kind of like really showing up just in general was fun. Like I think even if you dislike Steph Curry or even if you dislike LeBron James – those two being on the floor Sunday night during the All-Star game made the event so worthwhile because you're watching Steph bomb stuff and LeBron just go being doing LeBron things and just having fun out there in a glorified scrimmage. Like, this was perfect, and I think Cleveland fans ate it up. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to speculate on maybe what the future holds for him, but I think I'm just going to kind of wait and see what it actually holds for him. But it was cool. I don't know. It was cool to see him back in town. It, um... It was like I was talking to you about it prior to the game, but I was just kind of walking through the concourse a little bit prior to the start of All-Star, and the NBA was selling both colorways for every player, and 
you saw a lot of LeBron six all-star jerseys. There's a lot of kids wearing them too, which I thought was really cool. So it's just like, I don't know. He's always going to be a popular athlete here no matter what. And I think people just kind of showing out and cheering and celebrating the best athlete not named Jim Brown to kind of play professionally in Cleveland is just nice to see. And, like, there's no animosity or hard feelings just after he left for Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean, the flirting was is with the city is very funny. Like, I find the whole thing to just be, like, funny. Like, I think the Tim Oh, like, dude, it's LeBron being LeBron. That That's what I'm saying. That's, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I, I think that, but I think it's, I find it just, like, entertaining. I find how much people want to talk about it to be really interesting. I find the just the the vibes around him here just feel a little bit different um like I, the pop he got i mean i think i think the if we're like looking at like sunday night in particular and it makes sense like i think the the garland and allen got huge ovations lebron also got one and then i think mj and the like great kobe bryant when he was announced got one lebron is just sort of this figure that you kind of can't help but observe him in this environment and like it the, what's going on at the lakers everything he said about like Bronny and about sam presti and about like what's going on at the lakers right now during his meat availability just like add, it, just add, it just adds to this it just adds to it it's funny yeah but then yeah. and then he's in town and like we're gonna do this we're gonna do some version of this again i'm sure in a short order oh this is a this is a topic that we will discuss probably a few times yeah and like i don't i don't think it is i i think the, the most important thing you said was that I think that this is something that like it is not there is so much and I, I this is I keep I think this is just my ultimate take on it and I, it's hard to for me to go beyond this because my brain does not work in speculation mode my brain works in like what can we look at what can we analyze what can we like do look at this concrete right now where LeBron James is at right now is that he has this year next year in his contract he's nearing the end of his mm-hmm. career he said very pretty cleanly that like he wants to play his last year with Bronny now, that assumes that, like, the league rules will change, that, like, LeBronny will be um, able to get to the league in in that fashion. Like, there's a lot of hoops we didn't do. I would, I would encourage people to go read. There's a Brian Windhorst well, thing that... But we don't know what kind of play Bronny's going to be Evan, either. that's what I, I just... I literally just said that. Literally just said that. He's, we don't, he's a top 30 prospect in his class. That's not, like, historically, like get you to the league kind of situation like and brian winters wrote about the city he kind of touched around it but i think we've danced i think that has been danced around in this discourse a little bit because like we just don't know how good brian is going to be he has offers and he's a four-star prospect but like we don't i don't know what this looks like in in a year or two right we don't know if the rules are going to change to accommodate this kind of thing for him to go to the league and like if lebron's gonna like stick out another year but again there's so much like there's so much time that can happen like there is so much mm-hmm. time between now and much less like the end of this season and what will ha- what happen with the Lakers and, and the Cavs now to the end of next season that like we just need to see how this is all going to just play out. It's just like there is so much that is going to happen. There's so much that is going to change and there's so much that is going to develop like the Cavs realistically could like be we're gonna, they're going to be in a different spot they are right now like the world around them will change in the next year and a half much less what is going to happen with LeBron like there's just like a lot and like I I honestly the only LeBron comment that like I think I am have like thought about the most is that he should? He said they should come back for the hundredth anniversary, and I, I think that's correct. The hundredth when they do hundred greatest players in twenty five years, when we're in our fifties, they should do it in Jesus Cleveland Christ. again. Should do it in Cleveland again. I'll be in my mid fifties. Fifty three, early. That's yeah. early. That's early fifties. That's early fifties. Chris will spiritually be like ninety eight years old. Brother, I'll be. I'll be spiritually one hundred and thirty. 
And if y'all surface that these aren't done by 3 p.m., so he can get to prime rib dinner, he wants no part You're of it whatsoever. Freaking right, man. I'm also 25 years from now. If we're still doing this podcast. I, I hope that'd be interesting uh, to think about. I, but it'll that, if we have your way, we'll be in the metaverse doing it. So you know, I don't know if I'll make it. Lock in, baby. But yeah, I just like you said, it, it, we don't have a lot of concrete stuff to speculate on. I didn't know Windhorse wrote about that today. But yeah, he, that it's a. Uh, I, I, I will link it in the show notes if you're listening on audio, and I'll put it in the YouTube once we update it. But it was, I don't think anyone writes better about LeBron James than the only person that I will I would say I enjoy reading about that. I they don't, but they've only written like the one big thing is Ryan Jones. He wrote the I think the best LeBron book that's ever been written, um, yeah. way back like in the day and. Um, Shoutouts to at Farmer Jones on Twitter or the Farmer Jones on Twitter, one of the two. But uh, Wind, Windy is just obviously like an all-time LeBron scribe, and I, I would like if I don't. They don't do this as much anymore. And men. yeah, I just think the Windy like collection of like Akron to my like it's it just part of it. I would read like a Windy collection on LeBron. Like if they ever wanted to do that, I would I would I would buy that free idea. Brian Windhorst writes the book version of the last LeBron dance, but yeah, that's the, I didn't know. Like I said, I didn't know he wrote that today, but that is the elephant in the room at this point is we don't know what type of prospect LeBron James Jr. will be, Bronny to be specific. Um, I did see a kid in a Bronny jersey, though, which I found interesting. I just find that. I, yeah, he took a, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was Sierra, I, Sierra, uh, his high school to forget the other part of it Sierra, yeah, way, Sierra um, Canyon the Sierra yeah. Canyon so like he could go to high he could declare for the drafts I think he'd be draft eligible after his senior I think that's when the, uh, the rules no they haven't back. I don't think it has been it hasn't been officially changed which is the thing here like there mm-hmm. has to be some kind of mm-hmm. change in the way we do this um I agree yeah. and let's just say he does declare for the draft so he can play with his dad I could realistically say like because we don't know what type of player he's going to be he's not done growing physically he still needs to kind of mature physically and just we don't have a full idea of how refined his game can be like there's glimpses of like okay this makes you think of his dad but it's also unfair to compare him to his dad too um but like a team could go the same route as what the jazz did with um Dwayne Wade's kid and draft him and then stash him with the G League team just does a favor to Dwayne Wade. That's what the Jazz did. And like, let's say like the Cavs have a second round pick, and Bronny James happens to be available. Mm-hmm. If the Cavs really wanted LeBron James to come back and play with his son, they could draft his kid with a second round pick and sign him to a two way deal, and then eventually turn that into a guaranteed contract or something like that. Who knows? But again, like you said, it's also really hard to speculate where the Cavs will be two years from now. They could be like a legitimate title team if they make moves this offseason or next offseason. Like there is so many pieces that are going to move across the league in general before LeBron James even touches the waters of free agency because I can almost guarantee you unless like he makes like the most biggest stink possible the Lakers I I just don't think the Lakers trade him because just from a business aspect alone yes the Lakers could stink right now with Anthony Davis and LeBron James and whatever they get for Russell Westbrook but in terms of just business the Lakers brand is a top-selling brand worldwide LeBron James's jerseys are a top-selling jersey worldwide. That is instant money for the Lakers, and financially that makes no sense to kind of completely shut your window on that. And also contention-wise, I think even as LeBron gets older and he slows down a little bit and the injuries kind of take their toll more often than not where they just kind of really nag at him for the better part of a season. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm so surprised he played 36 minutes last night in the All-Star game. I was expecting him to play like 10, 15 minutes, do some cheesy stuff. And then just move on to it because of his knee problems. But 
I'm not reading too much into it. I think I do think he knows what he was saying. I think I wonder if there may be more so shots at the Lakers that he's getting frustrated with such a situation there, and he's using the media as a tool to do yes, that. Yes, that's 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 what he's going done on. that plenty of times. He's done that plenty of times with the Cavs, and I, I think I I'll believe it when I see it. But for now, like there's a less than zero chance he like becomes a Cavalier during this offseason. And if Hey, I, I was wrong about the Cavs this season, and if I was if I'm wrong about this one, I'd be very very surprised. Yeah. All right. Uh, after the break, we're gonna take your questions. We already got a couple. We'll start with one. Someone asked about the name of the book. I'm gonna get the exact name for you, so make sure I, I get that correct, so you can go purchase that somewhere. But uh, we'll be right back and dive into some some questions. So drop them in the chat below. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 